Okay, so welcome to episode number 34. How's everyone doing? Doing good. Fan fantastic, guys. You're here with your you're here with your one and only true and favorite member, Olu. Happy Friday, guys. Actually, Olu, um, now that we're doing videos, should we just say like yo, my name's Shuel? Oh, yeah, no, that's uh, true. Cool. You guys can introduce yourself. Okay, cool. Well, mine yeah. says it right there, DJ. You're here with your favorite podcaster, Olu. Oh, no, the other way. Olu. <laughs> You're here with a man with the facts, with the quotes, DJ, Daniel. You're, here with, the most You're here with the most valuable <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> MVP, baby. And I, I go by the name of Shuel, but sometimes people call me Shui. If you want hoodies or caps, hook. Come on. So on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the planet. What is our impact on the planet? Especially what's going on with the Amazon forest, everything going on. We want to really understand what are we doing to impact this planet? Are we helping or are we just, you know, living our lives and not thinking about it? And then we'll have the book review, which will be taken by DJ Daniel Johnson. So stay tuned and let's get started. I'll show you my um, lion one. Oh, wow. Lion! Lion! I can't see what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I've got, got another one. Um, Elephant, which way up is it? That's yeah, I've got the same elephant one. I'll cut up. No, that's dope. What did you do? Oh, Luke, you cut it up, you said. Nice yeah, the so they have the, No, I didn't cut it up on purpose, but they have a way it's split into three different panels. On a canvas. So funnel, yeah, on a canvas. So you can split up on your wall. See, that's that's the arena. That's the arena that right now I have no idea. The art is art is we we could tell from your background that you don't have no. Everyone's got. I've got Actually, my no. painting at the back. I've got a notice board. Everyone's got a little bit of art. Uh, Daniel's got. It's hand, handmade, handmade in Tokyo by this old lady. Oh wow! And P is just in a white room, just all white. It's got a lampshade though. But what P does have is P does have a mustache, which no one else in this. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> You have a former son. <laughs> what happened to the rest of your mustache? I know, boy. What happened to the bit down here? Pete, how can you, Pete, considering how big that mustache is, how can you breathe through your nose, man? Is it not blocked, kind of? That's a lot of hair, bro. <laughs> no, it's, it's the faint, it's faint, it's faint. It's faint. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Faint cool, or, cool, or non existent. What we should do, we should, on another episode, I can give you, we can talk a lot about how I've. You know, obviously, learned to cut my hair. My first, my first experiences. It's quite funny. Cool. Can't wait to. And we need to see some Shape pictures up. as well. Some pictures. Take off your hat. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> no, played. Okay, let's get started. The reason I wanted to introduce introduce this topic was we live in a life, well, we live in a world where we've seen in the past couple of months in London, it's been very hot, and people often attribute this to global warming. Or mm. saying that you know the polar ice caps are melting at more rapid speed, that the whole climate around the world is changing. 
And even uh, last month when we were in South Africa, people were saying, oh, this time last year, it was a lot colder. It wasn't as warm as this. They're saying it was, you know, almost freezing. And it's just, it's a knock-on effect around the world, not just England, not just the UK, but around the globe. And it got to a point where we hear a lot of people talking about action for climate change to do things differently and how we, you know, the plastic bags in supermarkets costing 5p or 10p and ways to reduce our waste that's, uh, you know, having an impact on our environment, on our planet, in to wildlife, to species in the sea. And I thought, as an individual, what am I doing? As a group, what are we doing? And as a population, as a world, as worldly citizens, what are we doing? Because it's not just going to be something that's going to impact us, but also future generations. Mm. Are there going to ones that are going to suffer and have mm. the ramifications from our actions? So I really wanted to, to kind of talk about it. And in recent weeks, there's been a lot of uh, conversation around the Amazon rainforest, about the rainforest being on fire, the world's largest rainforest but also to debunk some myths about that because it's not just Amazon rainforest because there are more uh, rainforests on fire in Central Africa than there are in the Amazon. Oh, so wow. I wanted to Didn't highlight that. that as well. So, you know, in the Congo Basin as well, that's the second largest uh, rainforest in the world and that's been on fire. And there are many fires in Central Africa that are a lot more than what's but I haven't, been I haven't been publicized at all. Yeah, mentioned it. precisely. And even with the pictures that, just to say before we get into it, even with the pictures that people have been sharing on <laughs> social media, Instagram, you know, even some celebrities, these are pictures that have been taken like 10 years ago and people don't even know that these are mm -hmm. old pictures of the Amazon rainforest from previous mm -hmm. forest fires. But anyway, so my question, first of all, is what are you doing in order to have a positive impact on, on our environment or what actions and steps are you taking? Well, Shaw has a big one litre plastic bottle of water. So what are you going to do with that bottle once you've finished Ooh. it? Can I just say on this topic, shout out to Evion for, <laughs> for, the, uh, for, the, for the sponsorship and for sending me 100 bottles. Evion, live young. It's a good, good drink. Um, so actually, Daniel, this bottle is 100% recyclable. I checked, which is why I asked Evion to send them to me. Um, and this bottle has actually been made from recycled plastic. But actually, no, on a, on a more serious note, I think if I'm very, very honest, before the second half of last year, this is a topic that you hear a lot about. But for me personally, I had not that much curiosity about at all. And then last year, when I went to um, a conference called One Young World, you have people there that are fighting for many different causes. So it can be to eradicate poverty. It can be for education. And there was a big community of people that were, that were talking about how can we save the world from a more um, sustainability standpoint. So I attended a few of the talks on that topic and it really did open my eyes up and awareness up in terms of what we're trying to do, but also a lot of the areas that we've not done anything at all. And then since then, coming back, I'm a bit more conscious of, I know I'm drinking a plastic bottle now, but I'm a bit more conscious of in terms of the single-use plastic that I'm using. If I'm going to the supermarket, taking my own bags rather than paying for an additional one. Um, but it's just having, for me, I'm at this stage where I'm just aware of the usage that I'm consuming myself um, and trying to reduce that a little bit. But I haven't got to the stage, if I'm honest, and I don't think I'm educated enough on the topic to start really pushing for things pushing for big changes i can only really affect what i can do individually but on the flip side can I just say actually thinking about it and i'm sure pavila can mention 
Um, in Switzerland, where both Pabula and I are living, re recycling is part of the DNA here. Um, and the way that they impact that behavior is for your normal bin bag, where you chuck your general waste, you have to pay the equivalent of 30 or 40 pound for a bag for 10 packs of this bin bag. Now, because you're chucking your rubbish in there, what the incentive is, is because you're paying so much for your general waste, you're incentivized to make sure all the plastics and everything else that you can recycle, you take to a recycle bin. And that's actually ingrained in the culture here. And something that I noticed a lot more it's prevalent here than it is in the UK. So that's something that I think um, I'm trying to be more conscious of on my side. How are the rest of you guys? Olu, what do you think? I'll be honest. Um, I'm not doing enough. Um, yeah, I'm not doing enough. Um, just in terms of I drive. Um, a lot of times I drive to work. I'm like, no, I'm like, I mean, <laughs> You say it like we're in this, um, what do you call those circles when, when you're on rehab and you're trying to like alcoholics? He said, I drive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna name all the stuff go I do. That <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But, no, but on a serious note, like I drive to work by myself, so I'm already using the fuel um admission which I could easily use public transport or train by drive to work just because of the convenience of it. Um, I'm not always the best with recycling, um, anything like that, but I just feel like it's something that we don't really do enough. Um, and I would like to understand from you guys, what you guys do mm -hmm. and how we improve, like sort of incentivizing people to get more involved and make the right decisions for the environment. Because I completely believe in global warming. I'm not like some people like Donald Trump or these people that say global warming doesn't exist. I you could you could tell global warming exists just based on like Daniel said, the changes to our climate and um the weather. But I'm just not doing enough. So I can hold my hands up and say, hey, is hey. there an area that I need to work on? Yeah, I wanna yeah, I wanna me, I wanna... me I'm gone, sure. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, you're interested to see what I'm gonna say. For me, I'm just I'm just not plugged into that world at whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and right now, even as I sit here and say, it, I don't even necessarily feel feel bad about it. I just I think uh, so. What like I remember looking at the, the Amazon rainforest, and I remember them saying, you know, it's twenty percent is 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 of our oxygen. Yeah. And I just, I just thought that's interesting facts. Just kept it moving. Um, and so. <laughs> Until, I'm no, laughing no. because until you're like, oh, I'm sure of breath, man. What's yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I'm explaining kind of, and I'm not even too sure why. No, it's good to be honest. Yeah, it's good I'm to not be. so. I'm not, but I don't have. So we, we we recycle because, as Sean mentioned, we're in a situation where you the bags are so expensive. You're not going to stuff all your plastic bottles plastic, inside yeah. your general waste. I cycle to work, but I'm not cycling to work. I cycle to work because work is literally about seven minutes away from my house, or from the apartment. Um. I don't think about the best thing I'm doing is recycling a bunch of bottles every couple of weeks and so, but I'm not conscious enough. Like I know, like for example, my man, one of my previous managers, he actually um, is, I mean, he's taken a lot of methods and, and ideas from China. So he's actually, he actually built like a, um, so he doesn't have in his house, the, the, the water uses to flush toilets and also what comes from the taps comes from the um, tank that he's put in his garden. So he's mm. dug up his garden, 
Mm. In, t- in the middle of the garden, and then what he does, that water, that tank fills up by the rain. Oh, like a water so, bath. Water, exactly. So, and then all the all of the tap all of the tap water and, and toilet water are basically coming from that. And so I thought that was I said to him, where did you get that idea from? Because he's Dutch. He said, Oh, I'll just I'll just follow I watch the Chinese and what they do. So that's someone who is certainly conscious about um keeping the environment um protected. Uh, he doesn't he likes to take the train instead of instead of flying. I'm not thinking on the same level of frequency or wave yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know actually what it would take for me to do that. For, for me, I would say I care, but also there's some elements where I don't care. I'll give you both reasons. <laughs> no, no, I'll be, I'll be completely honest. And no, I think not the bit that we don't, when I say don't care, is something that we all do and we're not really cognizant of trying to reduce that. And that's the flying and holidays. But the things that I do do is I do recycle at home, even when it comes down to food waste so we have a separate recy- uh, a separate food bin for just food waste and that's in in a small bag and then you have your normal rubbish and then all plastics etc um cardboard paper is recycled that's and that's something well. i've got food waste one i just want to yeah that's just something that's something small that i've been doing for years and i don't i tend not to just put things in a rubbish bin even when I'm out and you know out and there's a bin and it says paper and then everything else I always make sure I put it in the right one whether it gets sorted or mixed later on I don't know but I'm trying to do my part even at work working for a company which they really do value the environment and the impact that we all have is we have for every station there's a bin there's one for confidential paper one for food waste one for recyclables one for dirty cups, one sorry, one for cups, one for liquid, and one just general waste. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you're in a sorting station when you get there, when you might just take a load of rubbish from your desk. It's like being in a sorting station because you're putting bits here, bits there, bits everywhere. But it's just these are small steps. Whether well, we have, they have, yeah, we have that as well. I, I think, yeah, go ahead. Whether you know whether these small steps, whether these things are going to help in the you know in the grand scheme of things. And a friend said, you know, oh, I can I recycle a bottle. Does that really make a difference? We don't know, but at least if yeah. everyone does it, like we spoke last week in Atomic Habits, when it's compounded, it has a bigger impact and yeah, a, yeah, you know yeah. a more positive thing. And just to share in terms of, I've got some facts about how we are impacting the environment, whether it's through oh, recycling spit or your, not. Spit, spit, spit your fire, Daniel Johnson. Spit your fire. Spit your fire. Let me see I've got some notes. In terms of the global temperature rise, the planet's average surface temperature has risen about 1.62 degrees Fahrenheit or 0.9 degrees Celsius. And this has been since the late 19th century, which meaning that there's a largely increased amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And the warmest years have occurred since 2010. And not only was 2016 was the warmest year on record, but eight of the 12 months that make up the year from January through to September, with the exception of June, were the warmest on record for those respective months ever. And we all know from, you know, science, ozone layer, the ice caps and the, the oh, all of you got plastic. I'm using glass. Uh, uh, bad. Yeah. I recycle my Yeah, yeah. Where did, that, where did that water come from? So where did it come from? Mm. It came from water filter. Mm. Water filter. Which and what, what was the plastic of the water filter? Where does that go? No, what do you mean plastic? The water filter is a container and that's reused and it's kept. And the water filter itself, that way, you only, when you replace the filter, you can recycle. Only, those capsules, uh, you know, the water filter has those capsules yeah. that you can only use for a certain amount of. Yeah, um, says, yeah those, those are recycled. Those are recycled, just making Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will talk about this, this, I mean, of course, we all know about the polar ice caps, the shrinking ice sheets. 
um, that you know billions of tons of ice have melted um, in the last uh, since 1993 to 2016, and the rate of Antarctica ice mass loss has tripled in the last decade. And we might look at you know pictures from the Antarctica, and you know when we when well, anyway when I watched like BBC David Attenborough like Blue Planet, you see oh wow there's a lot of ice, but considered what it was like years ago, that's not what it's like now. Mm. So even the glaciers is something that David Attenborough constantly talks about, and snow cover in areas where um, there used to be high populations of snow and the sea level rises. We all know that Venice is completely is continuing to sink, and even the Maldives is at a vulnerable sea level. And when we think about these, don't just think about what it's happening and say, okay, the ice caps are melting, the the um, Earth's you know the Earth's um, crust is is getting hotter in terms of temperature. But this also has an impact on wildlife. When we talk about the ice caps, how about penguins and species which need cold climates, or even the polar bears, where they're migrating and they're not they're not thriving or they're becoming endangered species or to some degree extinct because of the impact we're having and i'm not saying i'm a i'm a huge animal activist you know i, I watch these shows because i have a keen sure. interest for for lions and things and i just like i love the way that david attenborough narrates and just you know he he just commands your you know attention through whatever it is when it comes to animals and species but it's just we have to think about what are we doing because we all know that in a food chain and an ecosystem we know we need each species for us to be able to survive and any kink in that species, any change in that ecosystem has an impact on us as individuals. You know, we probably think, why the hell do we have mice? Why do we have birds? Or why do we have camels? Or any anything that we might not like as a an individual. But every animal on this earth has a fundamental part to play in terms of how we live. But how do we get people to care? Like everything you said, I understand it makes sense. But you can, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's people. No, no, no. The reason why I'm asking this because one of the actions I took down was to book a trip to Maldives because they were like, you know, <laughs> 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 but the reason why I'm saying why should people care is because you understand that people have got people have got so many life problems that they're facing. Yeah. Yeah. And like they've got to think about okay, where am I going to get my next meal from? In certain aspects. So how do we make it where? People feel like okay, this is something I should care about for my problem situation. I like could actually prioritize the environment because unfortunately, I just yeah. don't think it's I don't think it's something people are gonna care about until they're um, impacted firsthand. Yeah, yeah. I that's even then, Daniel. Sorry, go ahead. No, so I was gonna say the part when I said that there's a part that we that I don't care about, not that I don't care, but where we we less thinking about the environment is when we get on a plane. When we take, you know, we all love flying. We love going on holidays. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Well, am I laughing? Because, because we, we don't necessarily think about the impact on the carbon footprint when we get on a plane. Mm -hmm. We just think, oh, yeah, it's a holiday. I'm going. You, you know. <laughs> so so we, don't, we don't necessarily tend to care when it comes about going on holidays, when it's about going out. You know, I'll drive here instead of taking the train because I know it's going to be quicker or it's more convenient for me. And those are the things where I'm less probably thinking about the impact and i'm more thinking about but you know that that's probably the maximum in terms of all the stuff that you do that's probably causing the most damage well but then to be honest if i don't go on if i don't catch that flight they're still going to sort the ticket <laughs> but this is the whole concept no, 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 recycling they're going to still produce the bottles like it's true, like, it's, no, it's, true it's true but it's even but, but then the one one fun one one thing that stands out to me that i always consider is 
you have these philanthropists, you have people that are advocating for climate change, but they still parade in their parade around in their private jets. Mm. They're still going from A to B like it's like they're like they're walking down the street. And reminds, reminds me, of, reminds me of the corporate game. So a lot of times, corporations will say, "Okay, we're cutting travel." <laughs> and those, same, those same corporate guys, that seems the C-suite are taking the PJs, still flying jet. <laughs> yeah, and even well, in was it last month where Harry and Meghan were you know ridiculed because they went to some, was it France on a private jet, but yet they're advocates for some some uh, company organization. And then Elton John came out and spoke about, oh, no, it was his, he sent his private jet to pick them up and bring them down to the south of France. But why do people, especially like, you know, celebrities, they advocate for this and do all of these things, but they all still fly around in a private jet? But I think also if I, if I reflect about um, my trip earlier to Bangladesh earlier in the year, um, when you're walking around those streets, people are so poor, they're chucking litter they're not even thinking about it. To, yeah. to put their rubbish in a bin is not a thought. I remember I was walking through a village with one of my uh, younger nephews, and then this kid just came up to me and started talking to me, and then he was having crisps. And after he finished his crisps, he just chucked it on the floor. Mm. And then who, who am I to tell the kid, oh, go put that in the bin, when if you look around, there's rubbish yeah. everywhere. And they've I... probably got bigger problems where they're thinking about how are we going to get our next meal? How can we get actually a, a real house instead of sleeping in this kind of tin hut? Their, mm. the, the bottom of their priorities is um, recycling and being sustainable and stuff. And I think that's a, that's a challenge where in these poorer countries where they're maybe years behind where the developed countries are, how can you change their behavior? Because they've got bigger problems. And I don't know what the answer is to that, to be honest. Mm. I, think, I think one of the answers is if we, if we have more summits like we've had this year, at some point people will start to see what they can do because... Mm. At some point, it's been it's been unbearable. Yeah, yeah. Well, hang on one second. Well, well, okay. Imagine there have been some and colder days... winters. Colder winters. Yeah, if they had, if we had hotter summers and a lot more harsher winters, people might probably would start to care more. I hear what you guys, saying, Do you guys see the storms happening in certain countries? Like, Sorry, so, like, like in certain countries that are impacted by storms, like Florida right now. Yeah, like Florida and places that. So we see the impact for them. Yeah. Okay, I get you. I get you. I mean, like it's happening in the world. The world is reacted to environment, but people don't care. But but is is Florida is it's based on where they are? Is is that yeah, it's, 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 it's part to due to it's partly due to where they are, but it's also the creation of the, the oxygen and everything in the atmosphere above that area, which then creates the storm. Have you realized that we, as we're going on, we're getting more storms? Like, it's not just a coincidence that these are increasing and all these natural... Because Yeah, because even in the UK, there were a couple of storms last year. Um, yeah. And, well, some people debate whether it's really a storm or should be classified as a storm. But there were, there were more frequent... There have been more frequent storms in the UK in the last few years that have had, you know, that has damaged power lines, rail, rail, um, rail tracks, etc. I remember last year, there was one where it was quite strong. And even driving on the motorway, the car was going side to side. Mm-hmm. Jeez. So it's it's we are seeing the impact near us. It's still not making a. It's not a priority. I think to I, be honest, I, you know where it needs to be. It's sad, but it needs to be a priority from the top. I honestly feel like this is one of those where. What do you mean when you say the top? Who's the top? Like the is governments it? and every country needs to have certain metrics and KPIs in which you need. government. To, if you try yeah. to no, honestly, if you try to do it at a, if you try to do this at a grassroot level 
honestly, there's going to be a few people that prioritize it because they can. A lot of times, yeah, you can worry about stuff. Social media, you don't, I, need, you don't need the government to do anything for you. Oh, like you say, like on, on a real... No, do you, I don't, you know I don't agree. We're I, I agree. You know we're talking about charity. No. You know what we're talking about charity, yeah? Like Daniel and I going, being able to go away. We could only consider going away because our life is in a particular position where we can prioritize going away. Yeah. So same with this environment. So many people don't have time to care about the environment because their life is not in a place where they can say, oh, let me start thinking about the environment. So that's why you need to have at a top level, government level, where it's like, okay, what is our mission? What is, just like in the UK and the, the government are saying, no. okay, how many... No. But I, 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 I feel like it's people that drive the government. So when people have protests, when people are activate, um, act, activists and standing for what they believe is right, then they influence the government and the government will then do something. But the government isn't the one that's going to initiate these changes. The only, yeah. let's, take, let's take the plastic bags. Yeah? Let's you, take the plastic bags. You want to impact change? Why do people start using less plastic bags? I don't know because the because, because they put a charge on it. Thank you. It has to come from the top. You need to put real but, laws and restrictions in place. Otherwise, it's not going to change. Let's put a post okay. up. Let's put a post up and say, hey, guys, let's stop using more bags. A few people would do it, but it's not going to be a mass change. It's not. I understand, yes, you need, to, like, you need the activists to say, this is a concern. Put pressure on the government. But the only way you're going to get a mass change is if you have more regulations to change okay, it. Okay, 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 okay. But I, I don't want to... But you, you, know, need, in, you need to kick off movements. Yeah, for anything, you need activists to kick off movements. But it's, if, if you blow up a tweet, all activists blow up a tweet and say, let's do this. Yes, people in the activist circle will do it. Mm. But the person that's worrying about where the next meal is coming from or trying to chase their dream is not going to care about that particular tweet. But if mm. they have to go into a store and they say, hey... There's now a regulation that you have to pay 10p, 20p, 30p for a bag. They're like, oh, this is hurting my pocket. Let me like, bring that bag that I had from home. That's the mm. only way. But, you're but I think also, Oli, I think if you combine that with kind of like a bottom-up approach, I think consumer behavior, if that changes, with I think which I think is changing over time, I think that also drives behavioral changes. So if you think about how popular um, meat-free food is or vegan mm. or... Um, reducing the use of single-use plastic all of this i think is driven by consumers becoming more aware and then that will kind of shift businesses also as well because i think yeah. businesses uh, are also they uh, want to try and it, make it into a business no it's true it's true uh, no, and, and it, i think also, it, whether it's, it's, i think whether start making some money from it i think I, I think but i think also the where the money flows like if you look in terms of how much investment has been made yes. over the last couple of years in green yes energy sustainable energy businesses versus 10 15 years ago sure. that also will shift the behavior now do you know the government gives reliefs to companies that invest in green um green energy yeah but then that's, 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 but, that's, but that's what i mean there still needs to be a business need behind it right if we know that in 20 25 years time the companies that have already invested in sustainable energy sources are going to be the ones on top. Again, they're following the business trend. People are like us, uh, me as a consumer. Sure. Yeah, why do you think they're following the business trend? Do you not feel like the reason they're following business trends is because governments are now introducing more tariffs on businesses that are doing um, less? But again, but, I, but my, my view, and this is my personal opinion, is I think the government does 
my view on government is that they're more reactive to things rather than proactive. And if they've given more, if they're given kind of tariff-free or subsidies to green companies, they would have done that a lot later in the process, personally. I think the market would have moved that way anyway, and then they kind of jump on. I will agree with you in terms of the government is late. Yeah. The, I'm saying the reason why companies are doing it is because of the reliefs that they get and the tariffs. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's an incentive. And that is what is set by the government. Because anytime a government says, okay, you know what? We want to be greener 10 years down the line, 20 down, years down the line. Okay, how do we do this? Okay, mm-hmm. let's subsidize companies that invest in this space and mm-hmm. make sure that, okay, if you're going to invest in this, you don't have to pay any taxes on whatever. And then companies say, oh, cool. Let's now jump on board. I understand some companies will have, oh, yeah, we want to help the planet. But a lot mm. of times, if it doesn't, if it impacts the top line. But then another yeah. thing is, do do you do you guys um, support companies that or brands that are ethical, ethical brands that you know aren't going to impact the environment with their waste or the way they do their testing, whatever it may be? Because I know Lululemon are quite an ethical brand, and they brought out a new range or something where they guarantee that you know, in terms of their clothing, it's in you know, in right conditions by, and it's not child labor. And it's um, even when it comes to testing the products and the, the, you know, research and development, it's done in an ethical manner when it comes to disposing of the waste, etc. And, you know, do you, do you care about whether your clothes are manufactured in an ethical manner in a way that does or doesn't impact the environment? Mm. All of us are used, or all of us have got an iPhone. So that, that sort of okay how does that how does, how does that impact the environment though? no but i'm talking about in terms of people have said in terms of some of the materials that they use for iphones and how yeah. they maybe it's not environment but it's still it's, it should be more it should be more of how you dispose of it then isn't it rather than, i think it's also yeah but i'm just saying if we don't if we're not so outraged by the conditions of the people and the kids that are doing it i don't understand how now we're going to be like oh yeah environments we are actually we care about what, like, we're not, okay, we, okay. Yeah. we don't, we don't do enough in terms of, because even when it comes to washing up liquid, I bought one last week, I think it's called eco something, and it's supposed to be plant-based and, you know, environment friendly. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, that, that bottle has gone down half in like the space of a couple of days, whereas my fairy liquid will last me two months. <laughs> so I'm thinking, is it worth it? Because it's not exactly, very, it's not exactly cheap. But, you know, if I care, if I'm helping it, I thought, well, Melissa was like, oh, we should try this. We should try this. And I said, okay, we'll try it. So I know they have it at work. But then I've I've realized that you use a lot more of it than you would otherwise. And trying to be cognizant yeah. of the, the impact you have on the environment, it's just like eating yeah. healthy. It's very expensive. The other thing that needs to needs to happen is because what you guys mentioned that this this is obviously not something that's happened overnight. It's been what the last 10, 15 years. Mm. Is they need to, and now Oli was obviously gonna say, yeah, that's gonna come from the government though. <laughs> um, is that is that you need to perhaps insert this as a curriculum in the schools? Because what it is is that I'm starting to I'm starting to ask myself, how much do I even know about or was I paying attention about the ozone layer and about things that if you look at how to preserve the world or, or planets in general, I, it, was it a subject? Was it was it taught well enough that it's ingrained in us that we can actually have something to reference by? Because the fact of the matter is this, is that you guys mentioned it earlier. As you're, even as you're talking now, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, do you know how many problems we all have that we're tackling? And now you want me to sort of tackle the ozone layer? My brother, I just think about that kind of time or bandwidth. So 
it comes and 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 then it also and another reason why I respond that way is because I don't know enough. Hmm. So it's it's. I've hated this conversation. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> no, because this conversation makes me truly feel bad about myself and what I'm doing, and like uh, I don't know about feeling bad. No, I do feel bad because it's we can't be ignorant to the fact that okay, we we are having a negative impact on the world, yeah. And like you mentioned, Pete, I totally agree with you. There's so many problems that we're facing in our lives and stuff that you're like, okay, I'm not really trying to prioritize this. But I honestly feel like it's something we need to do. And I'm not sure if one of our listeners or Daniel can just say like, okay, what could I do that can help? I, I think it's more stuff. It doesn't need to be like a massive stuff. I think I recycle food already. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, okay, you know what? Do a carpool and be like, okay, how many people are going? Like if you're going to this area and like your friends, okay, let's get into one car and drive here. Like. Just those small things. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. No, it's true. The, th the thing is, I, I think from a from a from a micro level, we are doing our, our bit, and I think the problem is, is that it's not. For example, we, like I've, we've been recycling for years now. I've been I've been uh, riding the bike or taking a tram to work for years now. Yeah, um, so that's again because it's seven minutes away. Make it be an hour away. Let's see if you jump on that bike. Is that I think this discussion is making me think. What we're doing on the larger scale, what we're doing on the big, like none of our content on social media is to do with uh, changing uh, or helping the climate change. Um, I have, I'm not going to, maybe I need to buy a book about, about the world and understand what it really is and, and how to preserve it. So I think from a, what is the action item from a, from a, a standpoint beyond recycling bottles and plastic? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I might have to start with any recommendations. Some more animal documentaries like Daniel. <laughs> some more wildlife documentaries. No, but no, but the th the thing is with the with the BBC Blue Planet, I think there was a huge uproar. I think after one of the episodes about the way plastics are being disposed of in the sea, because there are many animals that you've seen um, that's becoming more prevalent that you see are entangled with plastic around them or being suffocated by some sort of plastic or waste from a human. And I recall seeing a video of a of a uh, tortoise, and it was quite it was very distressing actually. And it had a plastic straw up one of its nostrils. Yeah, I've seen, seen it. it. Seen it yeah, and, yeah. You know, obviously when they were removing it, you could see all the blood coming out, and you could see the distress that the it that it was in. But or well, I found it liberating when it was removed. But just to see it lodged in all the way like up, your own nose. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I saw that. And that's just, that's an impact we're having. But I would, well, you know, to conclude, I would say is we all have a part to play. There is many small things we can do individually that compound when that when compounded can have a big impact on the environment. And just to think about what we're doing individually in terms, of even when it comes down to our mode of transport or method of transport, how we do things and how we can do things differently. Cool. So, but I think that's a great way to 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 close the topic. I think everyone needs to raise their level of awareness, probably less so Daniel. Um, but I think it's good to have the conversation. <laughs> it's good to have the conversation and make more people aware of it because I've definitely learned a lot in this convo. So, segue to the book review, Mr. Daniel Johnson. Yeah. Go, go ahead. So, this book was actually recommended to people by one of our listeners. And when they recommended it, they said that this book would be very, very appropriate for one of our listeners too mm -hmm. and who guess who that is 
Me. P. Yeah. I read, I read it. <laughs> oh, I you read, read it. And I, I, think, I said to them, oh, he probably read it anyway. Yeah, I can see from the from the from the colour of the book. I said, yeah. What's the book? Um, was it the colour or the size of the book that you could tell? Was it the size of the book? He's like, I know that size of that book. <laughs> I finished that in two days. How to manage how to manage oneself by Peter Drucker. Yeah, so it's it's a, a book by Peter Drucker called titled Managing Oneself. And the reason why I read it is because it was recommended to me. So I went and I went ahead and read it. And this book in a quick one sentence helps you unlock your full potential by discovering your strengths, recognizing how you best work with others and identifying the work environments that are right for you. And I've just got, I've got some notes as to, you know, the book, how it's laid out. It's a very short read. It is less, it is what, 56 pages. So you can finish it in like an hour. And hopefully it wasn't a book that P flipped from front to back in the middle because <laughs> that would have taken 10 minutes. Um, but um, so, the book itself. Every every book review. Pete, how long did it take you to read this book out of curiosity? I don't remember. I don't remember actually. I don't remember. I, I think, so my, my story with that book is that, that that's one of the books that Ty Lopez speaks about a lot. So I actually went, I think one or two chapters. I needed just I went to I went to read what he what he spoke about. Yeah, got got what I needed. And I don't know if I read the whole thing. Okay. Oh, what was the was the book too long? Is that why? Nah, because I told you before. <laughs> <laughs> was fifty six pages too long? <laughs> let, let, let me let me get into it. Let me get into it. So he's getting, he's getting to it. <laughs> so one thing that's the book says we will we will have to stay mentally alert and engaged during a fifth off. So managing oneself, but also. Um, goes into how you relate and interact with others. So it makes you ponder the questions, you know, what are my strengths? How do I work? What are your values? Where do I belong? What should I contribute? Taking responsibility for relationships and also focusing on the second half of your life. So you need to ask yourself, what are your strengths? And it says the only way to achieve this is through feedback analysis. And it gives a very a great method, which I'm going to adopt. And it says, whenever you make a key decision or take a key decision, write down what you expect will happen. Then in nine or 12 months later, compare the actual results with your expectations. And, you know, Peter had been practicing for this for 15, 20 years. And he said that every time he does it, he's surprised. And it's a great way to see what your values are. And when you practice this consistently, the simple method will show you within a fairly short period of time, maybe two or three years, where your strengths lie. And this is the most important thing to know, because as I mentioned in one of a, a previous book review by Tom Rath on StrengthsFinder, there's no point focusing on your weaknesses. It's good to know what your strengths are. Often people know what their weaknesses, often people know what their weaknesses are, but are very poor in identifying what their strengths are. Mm -hmm. So this is a good method, a good method to try and identify where those, um, where those strengths lie. Uh, and so when you, how do you, how do you work with others? So, surprisingly few people know how to get things done so when you're working with others instead of trying to guess how you're going to succeed be positive and know how you will succeed so instead of focusing on working hard to improve the way you perform to know how you perform you need to understand accurately in what ways you work best do you work well by yourself better by yourself do you work good with a group of people 
and it's not trying that it's not that you try and change yourself but it's trying to perform to the best that you can perform uh when it comes to what are your values to be able to manage yourself which the book is all about managing oneself you have to ask yourself what are your personal values the organization that you work for what you do what are their values because if they don't line up if they don't match up you're going to find yourself in constant frustration mm -hmm. that what you value isn't valued by the organization you work for mm -hmm. does that happen for you guys at the moment the companies yeah. that we work for do you feel like they line up to your values or 100 mm. percent they 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 line up due to the fact that i like working for an organization that cares about the environment that mm. encourages and fosters a place to volunteer with time with um skills with knowledge etc and that's just something i enjoy because that's one reason why i wanted to work for them is because when i heard about their seven core values at the time they were all things that resonated deeply with me mm -mm. cool p sure how about you p you're me too. bro i think while p's unmuting himself i can i, can, I think for, from my view the so at the moment the company that we're in has three areas that they want their employees to be active in so it's to be curious to be inspired and to be unbossed so the concept of unbossed is basically there is no hierarchy anymore if you have an idea whichever level you are you should be given the freedom to express your idea express your view express your opinion and if it's something that makes sense you should go forward with it rather than the old structure of you have to tell your manager, your manager has to say yes or no, blah, blah, blah. It's completely flipping the kind of pyramid upside down. And that's something for me personally, combined with the curiosity and being inspired, that I actually really enjoy. I feel like there's more freedom. I can do what I want. And personally, I enjoy trying to do multiple things and not having limits put on me. And I think that's something that relates uh, to my own personal values as well. But I don't know, P, what, you, what your view is. No, just to quickly add on that. I think uh, one thing, so... I mean, in the last seven years we've been working there, one of the things that resonates well with me is, is their appetite to want to develop people into leaders. And so I think that has rubbed off very well um, and is aligned with what we want to do because it gives us leadership skills in other areas of our life that we're able to also thrive in success. So that's one thing. The second thing is I actually worked for a company that uh, developed a drug which has kept my dad alive. And if he didn't, if he didn't have this drug, he, he probably would have... Um, mm. yeah, yeah, I don't think he would be alive anymore. So... Um, and that's something that uh, I keep at the back of my mind. True. Cool. How about you, Oli? No, I completely agree. So working, especially when I work for GE Healthcare, working in a company that makes equipments um, that saves people's lives was one of the reasons why, in terms of the conglomerate, I chose the healthcare business when I initially started because my mum was a nurse. Um, so it's something that I saw the purpose, meaning, saving lives that's a company i want to work for um go 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 it's good that we all are uh, you know working in a place we feel valued and the values resonate deeply otherwise i guess we wouldn't all be with the same company for over six years um but also going back to the book it poses the question a good juxtaposing juxtaposition of a reader versus a listener so points out that most people are readers or listeners and very rarely both and to learn and to perform most effectively when you're managing yourself, you need to understand and seriously evaluate whether you're a reader or a listener and, and focus on acquiring knowledge through the appropriate channel. So when it says reader versus listener, are you someone that can, you like to read things or would you rather listen? Because 
when you understand yourself, what you are, what your preference is, it's also good to understand what you may perceive others' preferences to be. Because when it comes to communicating to someone, am I going to send them a message, a long email or a text message, or will I give up? give them a phone call and speak to them so they can listen mm. because people are very rarely both. And for you to be, you know, to maximize the conversation or communication, it's always mm. good to adapt to someone's preferred method of communication stuff. Okay. Um, and the thing is when you should question yourself when you're about, am I a reader or listener? How do I learn? How do I work well with people or am I a loner? Because when you're under stress, it's well, sorry, when you're working under stress, you need to be highly structured and predictable. Or sorry, when you're working under stress, do you want a highly structured and predictable environment? Or can you cope and manage under and work under stress? And for yourself, do you would you prefer to work in a big organization or a small organization? And these are questions that only you can answer because when it's talking about managing oneself, it's almost essentially being a CEO of your life. Uh, for there's a great, I had something highlighted here and it was about Winston Churchill. And it was about saying, when it comes to your experience, when it comes to knowing how you perform or how you learn, Winston Churchill was very poor in school. He did very poorly. And when people don't tend to do well in school, they see it as an experience which they remember as tor pure torture, but people who didn't, um, you know, underachieve in school or didn't necessarily have a bad experience wouldn't see it as that way. They'll, they'll, you know, they have fond memories. But it's knowing that, you know, listening and reading can you can either learn by writing or you can learn by reading or you can learn by listening. So it's really understanding yourself and managing oneself to make sure you put yourself in environments where you can thrive and perform to the best of your ability. The other things that it speaks about in the book, which I won't, I'm not going to go too much more detail because the book is very short. And if I go on anymore, no one needs to buy the book afterwards. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, it talks about to figure out where you belong, um, about planning. So planning over 18 months gives you a reasonable, clear, specific um, of what you can do and how you can achieve these results. And also talk about the second part of your life and just wanting to, um, to make sure that you're still focusing on your strengths and where you when you where you can perform well. And one thing I will end with is the challenges of this book may seem obvious, and what the book you know put, uh, challenges you to do may seem obvious, but and somewhat elementary. But the answers may seem self-evident to the point of appearing naive. But managing oneself requires a new and unprecedented things from the individual and especially from the knowledge worker. In effect, managing oneself demands that each knowledge worker thinks and behaves like a CEO. So to reiterate, the book is called Managing Oneself and the author is Peter Drucker. But just to say, if it's, a, it's a very short read. It can It's an about an hour read, so feel free to get it. I think it's about $5.99 on Amazon or so. So yeah, there we go. If it's, if it's more than $5.99, will you do a price match, Daniel, and pay the difference? Or? Yeah, sure. <laughs> It's seven ninety nine. <laughs> cool, cool. So, thank you for listening to episode thirty four of Take Flight Podcast. Take F can't do the F. Take Flight Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. 
um, do ponder how you can in- impact the environment. And yeah, let's hear your thoughts or suggestions or even what you're doing to, to make the world a better place. We'll see you or you can hear us. Actually, we'll see you or you can see us hear next us, week on episode 35. Wherever you want, wherever you want. We're so here. yeah, if you have any feedback, any topics for converse, for discussion, please hit us up on Instagram at take flat podcast or email us at take flat podcast at gmail.com that's all for now folks have a good weekend peace Stay blessed peace take off take flight with you